Hello, Empire Builders. This is Kim Bonner, the host of Business Scale Insights. And today we're going to talk about love and money. Business Scale Insights is brought to you by New Day Consulting Systems, a firm dedicated to helping small businesses scale well. As we all know, February is a month known around the world for love, passion, compassion, all that good stuff because of Valentine's Day. And so I thought in the month of February, since the whole world in some way, shape or form associates this month with love, that the Business Scale Insights podcast should really drill down and focus on this incredibly powerful uh, concept of love and how love relates to business and how love relates to money. If you've been listening to the podcast for the past couple of weeks, you know that I've shared lots of messages and talks and interviews on the theme of love. Uh, I started out with Jack Ma discussing the difference between the IQ, EQ, and LQ. If you haven't listened to that podcast episode, I really encourage you to do so. I also shared last week a talk given by the former CEO of Saatchi and Saatchi, Kevin Roberts, who talked about love marks. And I've also shared a little bit about the fundamental driving principle behind New Day Consulting Systems. And that is really love and creating brands that are not only love marks, but really creating brands that are very aware of the powerful force that love can be in the marketplace to not only draw customers, keep customers, and build a business that stands the test of time. love 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 some people love the idea of love other people hate the idea of love I'm a big fan of love love makes the world go round and quite frankly if it wasn't for love and compassion from so many people in my life I really wouldn't exist one of these days I'm gonna share my story totally unfiltered and unvarnished on this podcast um, you're gonna need a lot of Kleenex perhaps to get through that, but it's one of the reasons why I'm committed to this message. Because if it hadn't been for the love of others, I really wouldn't be alive. But anyway, be that be that as it may, I want to define what I mean by love and money to kick off this series. Because I know there's so many people who have so many weird ideas about love. So we've got a, the, the debate geek and the debate. Uh, weirdo and the the litigator in me. I've got to clarify and I've got to define my terms. So here we go, loves. When I'm talking about love and money, I'm not talking about erotic love. I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm not even talking about passion. I'm talking about your attachment or your enthusiasm, right? Um, as it relates to to money, and really. What I'm getting at, if we dig down deeper on a very, 
very basic level. I'm just talking about relationships. And when you're talking about love and money, in my humble opinion, many people could disagree. Opinions are like navels. Everybody's or belly buttons. Everybody's got one, right? So this is just my opinion. When we're talking about love and money, in my opinion, you're really talking about your relationships in three distinct areas. So if you have a, a, a pad and a pen, I want you to write this down because this is all we're going to cover for the month of February. And since I'm long-winded, we'll probably go into March. We're going to talk about your relationship to your mindset, your belief systems. Some people would say your relationship to yourself, number one. The second is your relationship to others, past, present, and future. Family, friends, staff, advisors, competitors, clients, customers. Your relationships to others. And then finally, your relationships to things. Money, status, wealth. So on this journey, on this series, Love and Money, we're going to talk about your relationship to yourself, which includes belief systems, mindsets, philosophies. Two, your relationships to others, past, present, and future and your relationship to things. It has been my experience that if you don't deal with all of those relationships as a founder or a business owner or a leader in the area of business or even a leader in in a non-business area, you are very limited in your capacity to scale well, to build a business that is impactful that stands the test of time. And so that's one of the many reasons why I wanted to focus this podcast uh, series on love and money, because believe it or not, it is foundational to your success. Okay, love. So we're back and I'm, I want you to get real comfortable because I'm going to make you uncomfortable. with what we're going to talk about today because what I have come across repeatedly in the for-profit and non-profit segment and sector is that many people and organizations fail because of what's going on in between the ears of the leaders. I'm going to say this again. Most organizations fail because of what's going on between the ears of the leaders. Mindset really is everything. I know people talk about execution. Execution has a role. But this is a gospel that I've been personally preaching since 2009. And the more I preach this thing, the more it is validated in, in, in small businesses and large businesses and nonprofits and universities, in, in law firms and accounting firms, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. This is the principle, beliefs birth behavior. Beliefs birth behavior. 
Beliefs birth behavior. Beliefs birth behavior. Beliefs birth behavior. Yes, I sound like a broken record and I'm saying this because it is what I would call one of those few universal truths. Whatever you fundamentally believe to be true in your core, I'm not talking about some basic intellectual understanding and appreciation. I'm talking about a heartfelt conviction, a a heartfelt, even if it's unconscious conviction that you believe is true, even though it might not objectively be true. Whatever you fundamentally believe to be true on a, on even an unconscious level will manifest a corresponding behavior. It doesn't matter if you are presented with evidence and facts that are directly diametrically opposed to that belief. Whatever belief that you hold, that you believe to be true, even if it is a lie, even if it is a myth, even if it's not based in any type of objective reality, your behavior will line up to the T of that belief system. Not only have I witnessed this in business and nonprofits and universities and in the tech sector and in the legal sector and in the accounting sector, quite frankly, I'm watching it in the United States of America, in the realm of our politics and our government. And I am am thoroughly convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that this principle of beliefs, birth, behavior is just as true as two plus two equals four and four plus four equals eight. Okay, so I know there are always people out there who, you know, think this kind of talk is just psychobabble. And they're just thinking, you're just thinking to yourself, oh, there's that Kim Bonner. She's talking that crazy talk about beliefs again. And I just wish she would just, you know, just be quiet. You know, what are you talking about? And I know that that there are skeptics out there because honestly, (laughs) before I went on this journey, I was like you. I didn't believe in any of this garbage. I was just like, this is a crock of garbage. This is BS. I'm like, come on, would you stop? And then I started seeing, it was like Groundhog Day all over. I I would see the same tapes. I would see the same movie play out in different in different contexts. And the more you see the same thing happening over and over again, you're like, hello, I think I've discovered a pattern. And so um, as painful as this conversation is or this discussion can be, there's going to be someone who listens to this podcast. I don't know if you're in America, you're maybe in another country. I don't know. There's one person 
There's one person that's going to listen to this and I know it's going to click in for you. And it's going to, you're going to start looking at the way you behave and why you behave the way you do differently. And I hope and pray that I have sparked some level of, of reflection and self-analysis and inner work. I love that word, inner work, because the inner work actually produces the outer work. Let me say that again. The inner work actually produces the outer work. So anyway, there are, according to um, this uh, very well-known coach and uh, consultant named Philip McKernan, I hope I'm pronouncing his name properly. I believe he's Irish. I think he's I think he's based in London. But anyway, he has this great um, website. He's got these great talks on YouTube, and he talks about four types of beliefs. Four types of beliefs. I'm actually going to highlight him on the Friday Focus because I believe this inner work, if done properly, identifying what your fundamental core beliefs are can literally change the course of your business. So the four types of beliefs that he identifies are one, just limiting beliefs. I can't do it. It can't be done. You know, my grandfather used to tell me old man can't never was born. So I grew up around a tribe of people who always were attacking limiting beliefs. So part of the reason why I'm such a fan of now this, this, um, philosophy is because I was raised by a tribe of teachers that all they did was try to crack your belief system to get you to believe in the impossible, right? So McKernan says that there's limiting beliefs, number one, debilitating beliefs. And those are the stealth bombers, he says. These are the ones that completely sabotage your success. Adopted beliefs, these are the uh, beliefs of your parents and society. I know I've adopted some of the mindset and the beliefs of my parents and to a certain degree, the mindset of society as a whole. Um, and to a certain degree, some members of my, my, my family and teachers and mentors, they've tried to crack some of the, the beliefs that I've adopted by society and family. And then finally, he talks about what do you actually believe? Like identifying what is the core of your belief system? Like, what is it? So on today's episode, I wanted to throw out this concept of belief spurt behavior and these four types of beliefs. And lastly, um, encouraging you to really do some inner work to identify, okay, what is what are the limitate limiting debilitating adopted and core beliefs that i have towards money so to recap mckernan's god please forgive me for butchering his name four types of beliefs limiting debilitating adopted and just your core right now For the naysayers out there, for the naysayers out there, because I've seen this over and over again, I'm just going to give you some examples of some belief systems that directly impact um, your actions and your behaviors. 
One of the biggest belief systems I see all the time with men and women is your belief as it relates to the role of men and women and money. If all you ever saw was the man going out and making money in the market and the woman staying home or the woman always getting money in relationship to a man, then that is going to impact your view on the role of yourself, particularly if you are a woman and money. If I had a hundred dollars for every time I've seen, particularly women, undervalue their gifts and talents, accept lower salary. I'll give you an example, and I probably will get a lot of flack for this. But at my alma mater, the University of Virginia, it, it they got their first female president. She literally accepted a salary that was lower than the, her predecessor. But not only did she accept a salary that was lower than her predecessor, the gentleman that is replacing her, who was a graduate of the law school and younger, I believe, than she is, is getting paid more than she is. Not only did she start her tenure being paid less, but they literally had a mini coup to kind of almost get rid of her and nobody could figure it out. Like within the first nine months or first year of her tenure, it got a lot of airplay. As an alumni, we were, many of us were livid. I saw this at the university that I actually worked at. The president came in, she had to clean up the previous president who happens to be male, his mess. She was given a substantially lower salary. I told everyone that I knew, and this was very, it was a non-politically correct move, but it was the truth. I asked everyone that I knew, I said, why did she accept this, this position? This makes absolutely no sense. She has to correct a massive gaping a uh, 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 mess by her predecessor and she's getting paid l less than her predecessor. She should have never accepted the offer put to her. She should have gotten up from the table and she should have gone back to her university until they gave her an offer that was in correspondence with the ridiculous mess that she had to clean up. And I told people almost as if I was looking into the future. I said, they're treating her like a washerwoman. They're treating her like the help. They're treating her like the maid. I didn't even know her. And I told them this will define how she is treated for the remainder of her tenure as the president of the university.
And I'm telling you, it bore true for the president of the university and it bore true for the former president of the University of Virginia. What do you believe about your role as a woman in particular and your relationship to money? Yeah, I told you, this is tough talk. I mean, it's, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Uh, but inner work is the hardest work. But once you do the inner work, folks, there is such an upside. But if you never identify, okay, as a man, what are my beliefs towards money and women? Or as a woman, what are my beliefs towards money? That's a big deal. That's the biggest, to me, in my experience as a leader in any capacity, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, that's probably the biggest issue that I see, the disparity between men and women. And when I deal with female entrepreneurs, oh my God. I'm just going to leave it there. It's just, it's, it's, it's mind blowing and sad. Number two, if you grew up poor, I saw this with my father. Poverty is incredibly traumatizing. Poverty is incredibly traumatizing. It, it hits you as a limiting belief, a debilitating belief, an adopted belief, and what you actually believe can be like, Poverty is so debilitating that it impacts you in every dimension, right? And it is a fear-based um, trauma because you can't eat, right? You don't have food on the table. You don't have um, a place to live. You don't have adequate clothing. And if you don't deal with the trauma of poverty, whether you come out of poverty or your mom and dad come out of poverty, um, you know, my father not only grew up in poverty, but his mother and father were products of the depression. My mother's parents were product of the depression. So there was just a mindset of poverty all around. And so what, what my mother and father always wanted was security. And so entrepreneurship was foreign to them and insane to them because they always thought that security was everything because they were brainwashed as it were with a limiting, debilitating, traumatizing, adopted belief system by both their parents and society that security was the main thing. To be insecure is, is death and fight risk no matter what. So as you can imagine, for me as an entrepreneur, even though I did not, I was not born in poverty per se, I was passed down a very limiting, debilitating and adopted belief system that was security, security, security. You can't have a successful business if you're not willing to take risk, mitigated risk, calculated risk, but risk nevertheless. And if you're not comfortable with risk, you're never going to start the business. But even once you start the business, you're never going to get to scale because scale requires taking an incredible amount of risk because you're going to have to incorporate other people who you cannot control. Whether you choose a franchising model, 
or not. Whether you choose to license your intellectual property or not, whether you choose to get venture capital, et cetera, and so forth, you are embarking when you're talking about scale in a dimension of risk. And if you have debilitating beliefs that are grounded in a poverty mindset, it's never going to happen. So I would say the mindset and the beliefs surrounding men and women and the mindset related to poverty are two of the biggest stumbling blocks I come across. The last stumbling block I come across are related to minority groups and limiting beliefs that they also have that that might be internalized and also that the larger society might have as well. So there you have it. We kicked off the Love and Money series today on the Business Scale Insights podcast by talking about belief systems and talking about the fact that beliefs birth behavior and the number one area that you need to have a relationship with or at least evaluate your relationship with is your mindset. Like, what do you fundamentally believe to be true about yourself and money? And do you have limiting, debilitating, adopted beliefs um, that are really sabotaging your success? The inner work that you do to identify your core beliefs is priceless. And if you if you care at all about your work and you care about your family and you care about success on any level, in my opinion, you owe it to yourself just to take the time in the month of February to show some love for your work and for yourself and just sit down and just write, do I have, you know, identify, do I have a limiting belief about men and women related to money. If you are a woman, you definitely need to do this work. Um, for everybody, man, male, female, um, in every ethnic group, every religious background, if you have dealt with poverty personally or anywhere in your family, because <laughs> this poverty mindset, it's like an inheritance. If you're not careful, it's like a virus. It can be handed from generation to generation or a bad gene. It can be handed from generation to generation. You really have to evaluate if you come from a background of poverty, whether you are holding on to a scarcity belief system. And that is so important. And lastly, an inferiority complex. Like, do you fundamentally believe that you're not, you, you shouldn't be successful. You shouldn't be wealthy. You shouldn't have money because you'd be surprised at how sabotaging that is um, in how you view your value, your value proposition, whether or not you're willing to walk away from the table and deals and negotiations. You know, as, 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 as someone who comes from a legal background, it's so funny because many times I would be willing to walk away from a deal, but I'm dealing with a client who's got such an inferiority complex and they're so desperate. They're so desperate that they are willing to do anything to be affirmed by a larger corporation, 
in spite of the fact that this large corporation not only can be replaced, but there are 10 more just like them waiting to do the deal. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, so hear me, empire builders, hear me loves. I know it's hard work. I know it's painful. Some of you may have turned me off, but those of you who haven't turned me off and you listened all the way to this point, there's a, you know, that there's truth in, in my words and I'm saying it because I love you. And I'm saying it because I want to help birth out the next generation of great businesses that change the world. If you or someone you know could benefit from this information, please feel free, free to share the podcast to as many people as possible. Because honestly, this, this info needs to get out. Connect with me on Twitter, Biscale Pro or Biscale Podcast. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn, Kimberly M. Bonner. Uh, call into the station. Send me texts. Uh, email me, bizscalepro at gmail.com. And let's continue this conversation because I really believe that the next great business is on the horizon and I want to help you get to that place. Take care. Have a great week.